0: music mm-hmm. Just hey, stream is live. Hey, stream is live. Uh, Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule the Galaxy fans, we are presently live on Twitter, on Facebook. So if you're you're around the interwebs right now, you can come check us out, talk to us, send us messages. Uh, Those will pop up to me, and I will try to do my best to read them to uh, you guys as well as our guest, Mr. Jack Harvey. Jack, thanks for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. This is, um, I know I was checking out your new uh, home, or soon to be home, uh, yeah. recently. I am in my new house right now. This is the first time I've done a show here, so I'm a little nervous about the sound, the internet. I'm hoping it all goes well, because I've really just thrown this together. Uh, I've, I've got a sign behind me and a bookshelf behind me, and that's pretty much it. So, it sounds
1: okay so far. You're sounding Good.
0: Good. Good, good. Well, um, overall, before we even start into things, h- how are you doing? How are things going uh, with you and and everything in your world?
1: Uh, how's it going? Uh, it's, I mean, you know, it's been a, a little bit of an unusual season, truthfully. Uh, it ended a little earlier than we thought it uh, should. Um, you know, that being said, you know, the off season for me so far has been a pretty a pretty good time i went back to the uk for a little bit uh, just to hang out with some family and then my sister actually gets married in a couple of weeks so we be heading really? back yeah heading back there again um so yeah i mean it's been it's been a it's been a good time work's been a little a little stressful but overall life's still pretty pretty good to be fair
0: well that's good to hear uh, you know what um there's a lot worse things we could be doing my you know uh, my dad always uh, used to say you know you, you could be a ditch digger right I mean we, we, we have to face those adversities and, and work our way through them but life could be worse. Well the
1: thing I probably learned the last couple of years it could always get a little bit worse so <laughs> even if it's even if it's maybe not where you want it to be I think a little bit of gratitude and appreciation you know really carries a lot of a lot of weight but uh, and I saw you earlier this week. Yes. This is the second time we're getting to hang out this week.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, one live and in person and one virtually. And uh, I tell you what, like I said, I loved I loved seeing your place. And I love that it's right down the road from my favorite Italian bakery. So I was able to stop in there and grab some pastries to bring home to my wife. What's the pastry
1: uh, of choice?
0: Uh, she likes what's... Well, It's in America, it's just a chocolate croissant. But in Italy, oh. it's a cor- cornetto. And uh, so that... That's her choice. Uh, I love all the little cookies with mm-hmm. the jams in them because they're just not overly sweet. You know, it's it's just like a nice uh, almond-based cookie with yeah, a little yeah. bit of cherry or something like that in it. Um, you get going where it's too sweet, and the next thing you know, you're just like sugar overload. So you got uh, coffee to go with it. A little coffee. Got my daughter a uh, a gelato. So it was it was a good overall day. So. Yeah,
1: so that was a nice day. Maddie uh, texted me, so I got some. Uh, I got a special guest, and I was like, "Okay, cool. Like, who is this guest going to be?" And, and we, you know, spent a couple hours together, and that was a laugh.
0: Yeah, it was a great time. And and uh, for those of you who don't know, my daughter is oh gosh, almost full term pregnant right now. Like any any day now, she could go. So. I was, I was thinking Jack when he saw a special guest was coming to visit that maybe he thought she already had the baby and she was bringing a newborn, <laughs> but no such luck. She, uh, she, she's due anytime. So we're all sitting here patiently waiting for grandchild number two in the Molinaro household. So it's exciting, but, um, it's been a while since you've been on the show. This is episode yeah. 235. You were kind enough to come on episode 200 when we kind of did a big blowout celebration, um, as far as Star Wars, um, gosh, that's, you know, it's been 30 episodes ago. So, mm. you know, we had a, We had some downtime, but then we had Ahsoka pop up. Um, we haven't really, you and I spoke a little bit about it, but I wanted to get your thoughts and feelings on the series, the characters, everything like that. What, what Now that the eight episodes are over with, what's your overall feel on the Ahsoka series on Disney Plus?
1: Oh, I thought it was just brilliant, honestly. I thought the, the first two, you know, honestly, almost from the off. And we chatted about this in, in the new house that uh, Maddie is helping me decorate. And anyway, down one of the stairs, I said, it'd be really cool to have the entrance uh, titles roll as if you're going down the stairs, which led me to my very first thing about Ahsoka that threw me off guard and how that was different.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And to be honest with you, I'm, of all the parts of the series... That was maybe the only part where I'm like, huh? Did you need to make that change?
0: Yeah, you know, you would think with Dave Filoni, who's such a traditionalist, right? Like he, yeah, learned from George himself. You would have thought he would have said, "Hey, let's let's put the the scroll in as usual." It just, um, it yeah.
1: doesn't. I don't know. Like that part of it, I was like, oh, it's just it's just different. But it wasn't like, oh, that's great. I was like, oh, that's That's different. (laughs) And then I thought the first two episodes were really designed at just trying to give people who haven't watched any uh, of the Clone Wars arc, any of the Rebels arc, basically the background of the characters. Yes. So obviously, I'm sure for most people listening, they had probably watched that. So maybe the first couple episodes were slower tempo, uh, but man, when the series hit its stride, it oh. was just one of them ones where you're like, and me and Joey had texted about it and were like, I think maybe it could have been like the best episode of a Star Wars show I've ever seen. <laughs> and then you're like, there's no way next week's better. And it just seemed to be from like, for me anyway, like episode four, maybe five onward, they just notched up every time. And uh, I just thought it was great. I thought it was really, and it was just, I thought it was, I just thought it
0: was wonderful. Well, good. Well, I mean, you and Joey are the same age. And so you guys were both of the age where Clone Wars characters and the prequels were really in your wheelhouse. And, yeah, big time. And, and so seeing those throwbacks to a young Ahsoka being uh, there with uh, you know, an Anakin on the battlefield, just amazing, right? I mean, I, I'm... I was here. I am an older guy, and I was getting all giddy seeing Hayden Christensen in the yeah. Clone Wars outfits. I, I mean, that blew me away. Then the holograms of him teaching her things in the ship—that was cool. It, it was. It was just it, fantastic.
1: And you know, honestly, I think the work that's been done recently has made episodes one, two, and three feel better. And I like that these characters and the actors who have had to absorb some abuse probably <laughs> and some, you know, fandom uh, negativity, because I can't think of a better word on the fly that would be appropriate for a live stream. Uh, I love seeing them finally be able to be praised for the work that they're doing. Uh, and I can't remember the chap's name who played Jar Jar Binks. I know we're talking about stoker, but people like him who have had to weather yeah. so much of a negative storm seeing them finally get to be able to be celebrated in the way mm. that as a fandom, I guess I like to hope that we would, it was yeah. just cool. So they, you know, they bring Hayden Christensen back and then and you see him almost through like every phase of, uh, you know, his transition. And I thought, I thought that was cool because it's, it's amazing how many people who, you know, just straight watch the movies are like, wait, who is like, who is Ahsoka? And you're like, oh, well, right. let me tell you, you know, and it's a really interesting character arc. But when I first, I think for anyone who maybe watched Clone Wars, maybe thought her character was a little, it was borderline annoying. And I mean, again, Dave Filoni was able to just completely change the trajectory path of this character to being, you know, probably one of the, one of the more interesting people in the whole, you know, Star Wars, uh, galaxy, I guess we should say, poster universe. (laughs) And I mean, the obvious thing about the series that had been prepped from, you know, what was it, season two of Mandalorian was Thrawn. And for someone who's read the legend books and, you know, read his own trilogy books and stuff like that, I mean, he's, I feel like he's the most interesting villain that Star Wars has access to. And I actually, had again, can't remember the the actor's name, but he actually was in a couple of episodes of Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. Really? Yeah, and I remember thinking at the time he's a really good actor. He would be great in Star Wars. And then when I read about Thrones character, you we were like, oh, that's pretty interesting. And then he voiced him, <laughs> and I think he right. played the part
0: On Rebel, very well
1: yeah. as well. Um, so I don't know. I I just I feel like the 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 existing characters got represented brilliantly live action. And then you get new characters who did the same. And I just feel like we're in, when a, when a star Wars project has planning and positivity around it and the right people in place, it's still the best for me, it's still the best fandom and the best series that, that that's out there. What,
0: um, so I'm, You know, grow well, not growing up, but watching the transition of the Clone Wars to Rebels to this, I was one of those ones that said, gosh, I'm not really sure is Rosario Dawson going to be able to pull off what Ashley Eckstein did for all those years. And you know what? It's been a very smooth transition. I think she's doing a great job. Um, Obviously her character was much more mellow and, and sad and, and really in deep thought in the first few episodes because she had a lot to get through herself, sure. uh, you know, thinking about her training with Anakin and whether she was going in the right direction. I love how she made that transition from always being down, always having her arms crossed and being in kind of dingy clothing to almost doing the Gandalf, the white yeah. uh, kind was, of setup, to where she went through her trial and tribulation sure. and she came out on the other side as a much more positive, upbeat character. Right.
1: Yeah, the only thing that maybe confused me now is like trying to understand the timeline of when she fit into Mandalorian Season Mm -hmm. 2 and kind of like where we are now is probably the only thing that was kind of left a little
0: unclear. The only thing that I know for sure is when uh, the X-Wing pilot Um, Travis, I think, Captain Travis came into that court hearing for Hera. He said, what about what happened with uh, Mandalore and Moff Gideon, which just happened in chapter three of, or season three of Mandalorian. So that's the only tie-in that I know of how the timing works. Mm. I'm guessing before that happened, she had just been with Luke at the Academy. Those kind of things. But yeah, I it would be really great to kind of see it laid out date Just by date. Just a little yeah. bit,
1: yeah. I mean, that would kind of be nice. But I, I read early on, and I mean, I read the same stuff on the internet that everybody else has access to, right? But the the, the the executive team at Disney and at Star Wars loved the series so much. That's actually what helped get Dave Filoni his own movie. And really? okay. that's that's only what I read. And then when you see this story that is being written and it's like i of the animated shows that i love rebels i kind of liked i didn't i didn't love it and i've actually gone back and re-watched it and i still i don't know what it is i can't i just can't quite get into some of it um however
0: into some th- of what i'm sorry Re- sorry into rebels. rebels really yeah yeah
1: i don't know why um and but i love the final season of the Clone Wars, which I think is where you start to see that transition for Ahsoka go from being just like a pad one and kind of can do whatever she wants whenever she wants, kind of deal, to then having to process what Anakin becomes. And then when they tie in the Tales of the Jedi, and you see like some of the extra backstory to that, seeing her live action with her own show. And then, you know, I I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan, which I think some people find funny because I like, (laughs) you know, Harry Potter, Marvel, Star Wars, not into Lord of the Rings. And I was seeing myself thinking, oh my God, we're having a Gandalf moment here. Like, you know, something's (laughs) going to happen. And then, you know, the next thing you know, she's going to be wearing white and it happened, you know, probably wasn't like a crazy revelation for anybody, but I don't know. I just thought the the pace of the show or series with everything combined around Mm -hmm. it I just thought it was just it was just brilliant. And it's left it's been left in such a way that they can take it now, I feel like, in so many great directions, knowing that a main story has already played out. So you're kind of working within a little bit of a parameter. Right. But I don't know. I mean it's kind of exciting to be in an uncharted uncharted I, part of Star Wars history.
0: Yeah, I agree. So a couple things. One, um, it, they popped into my head while you were talking. Ahmad Best was the one who played Jar Jar Binks, and he came back and played the the Jedi during... Uh, Saving it? Grogu. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had we had Ahmad Best and then Mickelson. And I always forget whether he or his brother are Lars or Mads. There's Mads Mickelson and Lars Mickelson, but one of them played um, in Rogue, yeah. Rogue One. There's Mads, one, I think. Okay. And the other one did this one. I always mess. I know the last name, but I always mess up the other stuff. Um, so when I looked at the, the other characters, I thought every kid cha- Like I thought they cast Sabine 100 perfect. I thought they knocked yep. it out of the park with Ezra. Um, I yep. thought Ron was a great choice. Obviously, I already liked the Morgan Elspeth character who who was against her. Then you add in um, Balin Skull and Shin Hati who I thought were two of the coolest new characters that again, you can go in all kinds of directions with him. Now, we know, rest in peace, Ray Stevenson, who who played Valen Skull, but I have to think they're gonna recast him because that character was too important and valuable to this storyline uh, here in Ahsoka. What, what were some of your thoughts on, on some of those?
2: I
1: I mean, honestly, I kind of would echo everything that you had said. I also love seeing David Tennant come back as well. Um, I thought everybody... I think seeing Ezra live action made me liking more (laughs) when I go back and watch the animated series. I I think it was his character in particular that kind of irritated me in Rebels on the whole. But in terms of everyone they cast for live action, I mean, what happened to Ray was so sad Um, because his performance, I think... I, for me, he was like nearly the standout of the show.
0: Right. He and Hu who Yang, David Tennant. I thought both of those two knocked it out of the park.
1: And what I think is interesting about his character is there's so much that can be explored with him. You know, like who yeah. was he in throughout the Clone Wars era? Like, right. I don't, I literally have no idea who he <laughs> is. And then when people were trying to I saw that thing going around where they're like, "Oh, he was the youngling in the, you know, in the uh, in the council room." I'm like, I mean, right. the, I don't think the timeline works for you, bro, on that one. But it's cool. <laughs> nice try. Um, and then, you know, big Easter egg at the end was seeing the Mortis gods, oh. which again, to be like, you needed to, I think, to really appreciate that, you needed to have watched Clone Wars and yes. Rebels because because otherwise, you're looking at it again. Cool statue without really any of the extra (laughs) context and the fact that you saw the brother but the sister wasn't there Mm -hmm. and then you know what what people have also speculated what else could be there which is very deep star wars well i don't even know it's not even canon i don't think i think it's still in the legends category of uh, i can't even say the name is like abeloth maybe Mm -hmm. abeloth yep um I just think it's so interesting that it's kind of been left, left in that way. But he also, and I know people have said that in the world between worlds, it wasn't an Anakin f- full strength, and it was really more of a right. teaching moment. But like, Ahsoka cannot defeat balan's goal. Like they fought at least twice, mm-hmm. and neither time did it seem like she was even remotely close. So this is a, a guy with immense power, Force knowledge, who I don't think you could necessarily say is a Sith. Like, he's a bit darker <laughs> right. than a Grey Jedi, I would say. He's kind of split that, you know, that dark side of the Force a little bit. But I just thought that was a standout a standout character. I wouldn't have been sad to see what they were doing with his apprentice a little bit more. I kind of feel like she's been left yeah. a little out there kind of not sure exactly what her role now is, but with another season to be able to develop that, I think it could be really fun too.
0: I agree. I think, um, well, first of all, Diamond Figs is in on the chat with us here. Uh, thanks for coming in. Glad you're happy and looking forward to the chat. Just letting everybody know, d usually runs the live shows, uh, so I'm sitting in place of d who usually is controlling things, if I can't post up some of your messages or anything, I'll still read them out and let people know about them. So thanks for everybody who's joined in and, and chatting and all that. But um, yeah, I I think one of the things you hit on was having everything wide open. Like people were saying, well, we know it's going to build to Thrawn coming back to the reg- you know the Star Wars galaxy, right? He's going to get there somehow. But if you think about it, in if they're using some of the little pieces. From uh, *Heir to the Empire* trilogy that we've read, if they're taking little bits and instead of Luke being the main character, okay, maybe Ahsoka's now in Luke's role in there. I mean, Thrawn's still here, True. right? Instead of all the cloned troopers that he was working on in those series, now he's got maybe zombie troopers. And instead of Joris uh, Sabayoth, now he's got some night Sisters who are playing kind of that role. But in all those things you were mentioning, Shin Hati. there was the Mara Jade character who was a very dark, very evil kind of in the beginning of the you know that that trilogy. You saw Ahsoka reach out and say, "Give me your blade. I can help you." Right? And I'm thinking to myself, is she going to have this anger in her? And when her master leaves her, is she going to look for somebody to be a mentor and and give her the direction she needs? And maybe flip back to the other side and fill that Mara Jade role. I don't know. I was just brainstorming while watching the show and trying to correlate it all back together, but it 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 seemed like there was a lot of pieces that could be put together like that.
1: I agree. I you know one of the nice things about the show was it you could see you could feel what was building. Mm-hmm. But in that finale, I got to admit, for like the for for a decent chunk of it, I was like, they're not leaving this place. <laughs> like not not even like ahsoka and sabine and ezra like no one is leaving this place Mm -hmm. like something's going to happen and okay if you didn't if you if you had read some of these bits and it uh, followed a natural thought progression i feel like we all could have realized that it was he was going to escape but also like thorn's character deserves the escape because he Mm -hmm. is like a tactical mastermind and really the only battles that you see him lose i really think you can just chalk up to the fact that he doesn't have the force. <laughs>
0: uh, I very mean, true. you know, yeah. like
1: no tactician is probably factored in purgles coming in and, you know, grabbing his ship and blasting <laughs> him off to somewhere else. Um, but I thought it was interesting that everything's obvious once you've seen it, but for, for a period in that episode, you're like, well, clearly, you know, Clearly Ahsoka and Sabina are gonna get there because like they're the goodies, right? And they always get there. And mm-hmm. I think the fact that they they didn't, or maybe it was Ezra instead, just felt like it gave the show substance.
0: I I like that it left it with kind of an end of the empire strikes back kind of feel, how the bad guys Pretty much got where they wanted to get to and got what they want out of the battles and everything like that. The good guys weren't down for the count, but they definitely had not gotten to where they needed to be. And here you have the lead character for this series sitting in another galaxy as season one ends, right? I, yeah, I think I, I it's.
1: Mean, I think it's interesting as well, though, that in you use like that analogy. Like, no, I yes, you could say that. Like Thrawn won. I kind of don't feel like anybody has really lost because, like Sabine and uh, Ahsoka, have now, you know, back to mm-hmm. being mates again. Ezra's gone home. Thrawn's now in the main, you know, uh, galaxy. Seems like Valen uh, Scrolls off doing something that clearly he felt was his purpose. Yeah. Shin's the only one I'm like, what what where are we taking her character? <laughs> like, but really it's I think it's set it up because even though let's call them the good guys just because you know, or well, like the main protagonist, I guess. Although they might not have got exactly where they wanted to be, they're not like out of it. Correct. And I think the way that it's been left, I just think is really interesting and fun. Hey, hey man, and then there different. was three. That's right. Hello,
3: hello, hello. How are you doing? The, who's
1: the who's the father? Who's the son? Who's the daughter who's the daughter? Let's let's just establish
3: <laughs> this early. Don't even
1: Oops.
0: talk about mortis around. Okay, so
3: no, no, no. I mean we can go into mortis. Like, because Uh-oh. I need it I need it explained to me because it's way like so I'm a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. <laughs> and so so the the whole mortis thing, like I consider myself to be an intelligent dude, but it's mm. way beyond me. So you tell me, who is the father? Like, is there is somebody taking the place of the father, the son, and the daughter? Um, Or yeah, like, what's your thought on that, Jack? Oh, that's it's a.
1: uh, You could almost do a show, maybe just on on that alone. I mean, so they're as a as a as a trio. I mean, essentially, they got introduced to the Star Wars world or fans i can't remember what season it was of the clone wars that was my first introduction to them and basically you've got the the daughter who represents the light side of the force you've got the son who represents the dark side of the force and the father who ultimately controls both and keeps both in check and therefore creates balance now if you want the spoilers on what happens in the show? I can give you them.
2: Uh, at this
1: point, I, you okay,
3: know. so at this point, I feel like I mean we were doing live shows and talking about it right afterwards, continuing on live. So okay, spoiler: we're we're what two weeks past, three weeks past. Yes,
0: we're
1: good. So we're past
3: spoiler alert territory.
1: Essentially, you know, naturally a fight a fight breaks out, and the father has to kill or kills himself to keep his or his son at least on their home planet, right? Or I can't even remember what, it, what the planet was called, if I got that right.
0: It was Mortis. 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 Yeah, the, the, oh you yeah, the mean the Peridia, so, but yeah Mortis, yeah.
1: And at least right. in the in the Clone Wars it was on Mortis. Uh, so the father ends up killing himself, but he's also the only person who can control them. Now what was interesting in the Clone Wars show was Anakin was essentially being asked by the father to stay because he also was the only well that we know at the time, he was able to control both the son and the daughter. He wanted him to stay to be able to like create balance for the universe. Clearly, that didn't happen. The daughter died. Or like she, I'm pretty, she, she, dies, dies. she dies. She dies to, right? to Ahsoka. To Ahsoka. Yeah. So then what's interesting is if you watch Rebels, then like and throughout some of the Clone Wars even. You see the owl, which is meant to be representing the daughter, stick with Ahsoka all the time. So I saw this theory, essentially, that in on on Mortus, that Balin's goal could become the father. You've got Ahsoka, who's like the re-embodiment of the daughter, and then maybe that's what they're leading with Shin's character is what I what I saw. So Shin uh, being the brother, Shin being the brother, yeah.
3: Okay. Being because I can't side, the dark side, the anger side of the force. I can't
1: yeah, because to be honest with you, like the brother and the brother and the daughter in the show were complete equal, and to me, Balin and the aren't quite on the same level. Like Balin's just a notch up for me, yeah. so I don't think that he could be the brother because I think it would be too overpowering. The light side.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, and with but I just don't know Anakin, who else the
1: father is.
0: Yeah, without without Anakin, uh let's face it, that they're, they're looking for that father figure because Anakin was being asked by the father on Mortis to take his role. Yeah, I mean, he was like, "Hey, you're the only one strong enough. Take this, pardon me, take this over for me, and and balance it. And and now that he's gone, and if Balin is stronger than Ahsoka." it kind of puts him in that role uh, a little bit of being that father. And since he knows the mythology of it, right? Like he knew to go look for it. He had that sense or that right, feeling that something there. was there. So I think, um,
1: I think my favorite line out of the whole rebels show was when Ahsoka says there's always a little bit of truth in legends <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like that tied in a lot of the legends, like that we're not allowed to class as canon anymore I just thought it was really interesting on Peridia that the the daughter's statue was gone, like it had, it had it had crumbled, and I don't know if they had said that Mortis and Peridia were exactly the same place. I don't think that has been confirmed. No. So then no, it could really. be two places. You've got Mortis, which could still exist, and if this isn't another like galaxy, then they exist there too. I just I would love to not do the time the time jump and the multiverse stuff. Marvel have got their own thing going on with that. And, you know, it gets complicated enough. I just thought it was it was interesting because of everything that we've seen so far, that essentially the daughter has been re-embodied by Ahsoka. And then when we finally see even just statues of these people or oh gods, she's missing. And yeah. now Ahsoka is conveniently stuck there. Just, I don't know, doesn't seem...
0: So the, why, the, the thing cool. – oh, d here. He's I'm back. I'm <laughs> um, so I, I
3: oh, sorry. I'm trying to – like why would Balin kick her to the side though? So like in that in, – in all of this conversation, why does Balin kick Shin to the side?
2: I, I think, think, think it's
3: because – I think it's because she's Rose Tico or Finnick Shand and Boba Fett. Like she was – they had all of this potential and they turned out to be caricatures. Like at this point, I feel like she's just a caricature. But go ahead, I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say.
1: I I can give you my quick, just kind of yeah. Think it's interesting. I mean, Joe, you already kind of like hit on it. She's already been offered help and rejected it. Like I think she either isn't mature enough yet, or just has like a lot of dark side passion that pushes her towards the dark side more so than. Balan does he seems to have a good grasp of being able to like do both yeah. for what is ultimately his end goal and he's he says he's been training her for a greater purpose right. but really you know and I guess you can apply this with a lot of different ways if you want for that trio to work there has to be three you have one person who's able to equally control both and therefore you can't have too much light in the galaxy without some darkness and it's not gonna be Sabine because she's just hadn't done her character arc where we were all wondering on the opening credit scenes why her helmet kept flashing red. I don't know if you guys kept worrying about that, but I was like, oh my god, she's gonna be she's gonna be I, bad. I didn't pick that up um, at all. Yeah, I didn't pick so it that up. In like
3: in that like opening sequence where they show yeah, all the helmets, it, hers was always on the red swing, not like the gold swing. Nearly always. At least wow. every time I like really paid attention to it, it
1: was always red. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be this is gonna be bad. So, I just oh. feel like you've got three, you've got three people on that planet now, and you need the light and the dark to go together to really create the balance. And I just don't see the brother being Balin. No, and I don't know. I, I mean, I,
0: look, I mean, let's face it. How Sabine has already turned against Ahsoka quite a while ago before this show started, right? When when Ahsoka said to her during the the, the the this season, can I count on you? When it comes down to it, am I gonna be able to count on you? And she said, Of course. And then she turned on her then and went went along with Balin, there there might be a little mischief in and in deceit in, in Sabine a little bit. She does come from Mandalore, which is a warring, battling, you know, society. So
1: I totally agree that you don't. I think she's a very complex character, but I still feel like they made a point is to tee it up for the audience whether you want to like her or whether you don't want to like her. And they teed it up that you know she's just this, you know, gonna do what she wants to do, but the whole time, I mean, she's really doing it to try and find Ezra. So even when something bad is happening, it's coming out of a good place, and then. I don't want people to attack me in the comments saying, so was Anakin, by the way, you know. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I just I don't feel like they would have spent so much time on that arc for her to eventually just be bad. The only thing I kind of was <clears throat> unsure about as well, is there a romance there between Sabine and Ezra because it kind of was teed up like that and from... The briefest I mean, moment, I'm like. Have yeah, you watched she- the
3: Rebels? Like you said, you you said you didn't necessarily did get into it, but have you watched like season one, season two of the Rebels? I've I've
1: rewatched it several times. I mean, even if I'm not like into a Star Wars sure. show, I'm still into a Star
3: Wars show. Understood. Because there was a there was what is it, season one when when oh, Ezra, Ezra was first head encountered Sabine. Yeah. He was like he did. Whoa. He stumbled over himself. He was like drooling over her. There was, there was a, like, it was a big sister, like, not necessarily a big sister, because that gets creepy. It's like, that is like the, like, he was the love, she was the love interest for him. Like, he was trying to suit her. He tried to impress her at every turn. Joe, I mean.
0: But by the end of the, by the end of the four seasons, you,
3: you could kind of see she
0: was, she was kind of looking at him like he's changed. He's grown up. He's become a leader, right? She's the one who let him, she's the one who let him sneak away and go to Thrawn while everybody else wanted to stay in that meeting. Remember he, he leaves the lightsaber and says, I got to take care of this. And she lets him sneak out to go get the Thrawn. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember right at the end there before he leaves, but she's the one who let it happen. And so I, I don't know. I mean, it could play either way. I, I would be okay with it. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me. I, I would be fine with them having a relationship. It bothers
1: me. A, bothers Jordan. me a little bit because it just feels a little easy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like just, it's, it's it's a little easy.
3: Can't we just be friends without having ships? Like, I just I, I'm sick of like any sort of like any sort of inkling of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey loving each other turns into this like media frenzy about the two. What was it It started with Ben and Jennifer? The whole Jennifer situation, Ben and Jennifer number one in like the two thousand. Like it was, can we get past? Can we just have a friendship? I mean, there was like Ted Lasso. We love Ted Lasso, but they wanted to make a ship out of um, the two uh, Roy Kent and uh, Jamie Tart. Like people want there to be these relationships, and can't we just be friends for those of you?
0: So the that's, oh, uh, that's not bad. For, uh, so for so bo- for those of you who <laughs> better not- I could
1: come up with on the spot there
0: <laughs> who have not watched When Harry Met Sally, Harry tells Sally, no adult man and that's woman can true. just be friends. You're, right. you're right. always thinking about sleeping with them. Yeah, it just can't be. Um, <laughs> so you know, he even says, I think you're the first woman that I'm friends with that I haven't wanted to sleep with. So I mean I'm going to go with the Billy Crystal theory right there on that. Go ahead, D-Doc.
2: Ezra's also just been hanging out with a bunch of Ninja Turtles for years, you know. So, and That's why he's counting, counting on her.
1: You know. That's why he's counting on her, okay? <laughs> he needs to get back and He's i did not pl- i yeah. i
2: came in here to throw brent on and i'm sitting here with the headphones on and i'm listening to jack talking about uh, mortis and everything and i'm just like i just talked for two hours about star wars last night and i'm locked right back in <laughs> just listening to this
0: <laughs> well but, and, and and i will say d doc we talked about it briefly on the one live show i think filoni has some cojones to throw world between worlds and mortis into this series, when as Jack stated, they had to use the first few episodes just to get people kind of caught up on where it was. And he's throwing out the big guns, right? He's throwing out things Straight
3: that in. yeah. Yeah, so but those are his big guns, though. Those are his big guns. Those are no, but I'm like it's you laugh, but like those are his babies, like Ahsoka is yeah. his baby. A mortis arc and the mortise and that, like that D uh, the world between worlds. Were his creation, So he's like, if anybody's going to be able to do it and give it the, give it the due that it's deserved would be feloni because that's the, like, those are, those are of his own mind. Like he's the one that, yeah, he had tutelage from, uh, from what's his name? George Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, I couldn't it's think of like the right. maker. <laughs> I was gonna call him the maker. I just couldn't think of his real name. I was gonna say the maker.
0: Oh
1: god. But, yeah. yeah.
0: What, what are we even here for? This guy got four billion dollars. <laughs> hey, um, to go off of this, I really enjoyed the tales of the Jedi that we've seen so far. Mm. Now that you've mentioned like Balin and Shin and those characters. Record. Well, you guys guys think it would be great to see some background on both of them in a Tales of the Jedi kind of animated series?
1: I thought that was one of the best pieces of animation that Star Wars have ever done. Like that real short snippet, you know, like like? 10 minutes. I liked all of them, to be honest with you. I liked all of them. My favorite one was Ahsoka uh, with training with the... uh, Of the clones, I thought that was epic. I really liked finding out what happened to Yaddle, I thought that was Mm. pretty interesting as well. And seeing like Dooku's kind of transition there, because what's really interesting, which if you read some of the books and whatnot, you get it, but you don't realize like what time frame his turn, like how recent he was a Jedi before you meet him the first time in Clone Wars. Mm. You know, I think that's kind of interesting to. See, uh, I saw someone uh, tweeted that you could recast or at least animate, you know, uh, Balan Skull and do a a Tales of the Jedi. And I just think them stories are, are so good because they don't have to be multiple seasons, they don't have to be like, you know, three episodes long, just a, a 10 minute blurb, give them a little bit of a backstory. It allows us all to come on and talk and speculate. So, I mean, I'm sure they were all appreciative of, of that. Um, I just think that that concept now is really great. Like Shin, where did she come from? What's her story arc? How did she meet Balin? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different parts to that.
0: I agree.
3: I think it's I, the I easiest would way to recast him. I like like honestly, that's the easiest way to God, he was so good. I like that's that is <laughs> that is the like the, that's the biggest like it's not gonna be a miss, that's gonna be the hard way to say it, but that's gonna be the biggest thing. To replace, because I mean, if you listen to any casual fan who watched Ahsoka, anyone who doesn't know anything, they want to know more about him because he was so good. Yeah. And it just sucks that, like, I mean, we heard that he passed right before they started showing the show, but we didn't realize how much of an impact he was going to have. Until, agreed. It, it's just so sad, man. It's just like, it's, a, it's frustrating, uh, sad for his family, but also frustrating for fandom.
1: But- yeah, i got a question for, for everybody really just to like one to throw out there because I think it's interesting to hear everybody's perspective on it and it's to do with re- recasting him. And <laughs> I've seen two arguments here. One, that it would be disrespectful to recast him when you've seen what a brilliant job that he has created in this character. Or it's actually a sign of immense respect that people loved his character so much that they want to yeah. recast him to carry on the story. Like, which on that side of the coin where do you guys more sit because i don't know if i feel strongly one way or the other i think initially i was like can't recast him like that's like just let him have his moment but then i heard the other side and was like "Eh, there's a story for that
0: i i was very much anti-recasting anybody for a long time whether it was luke leia han whatever whatever character out there like i said before it was even weird for me to think about rosario dawson playing Ahsoka because I was used to Ashley Eckstein. But what I've seen with all these transitions is I think you're right. It's, it's out of respect. The only reason you would recast, it's not because you're, and these are the living characters. You're not paying them disrespect. You're, you're extending their story and and taking it in another direction. Unfortunately for him, it has to be done because people are so interested in that character. That's my, my two cents.
2: Yeah, I, I wouldn't look at a recasting of him as as like a money grab or anything. I would almost just look at it as an ode to what he meant to the story and, and what he created. Uh, it, 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 you would have to, <laughs> it's funny because I'm sitting here thinking like what actor would have like, his build and his demeanor. And for some reason I pictured like a gray haired Mel Gibson, uh, taking over that character. Couldn't you see him having like a similar demeanor? I mean, I don't know if that's like, I I, don't get me wrong. Mel Gibson's probably not ever going to be in a star Wars film. Uh, that's uh, better
3: than the one that I saw recently. Uh, did you see the, what Jason Bateman, they, they took a picture someone on, on the X, took a picture of jason bateman and put him with a beard and said that jason bateman should be the uh
2: i he had a presence to him and that's what made his character so interesting is he nonchalantly had a presence and it made you question what he was doing and it's why we're still questioning it after the show was over is he did a hell of a job playing the character and I think that's the best part about Ahsoka is it went into lore and it went into all these things that you can still talk about this and wonder what the hell is going on and he played a huge role in that and that's why I think that story has to continue to continue what he started and I think it's just a damn shame you know that that all of this happened with him
1: I think the best shows always are able to trickle in when the series has fandom lore mm-hmm trickle that in but also it's a great show for the casual fan You know, I know people who have never watched Star Wars watched Ahsoka and are now going back to catch up because it was so gripping and enticing yeah the only person who initially came to mind for me and I think he's the obvious well he was the obvious initial reaction choice to potentially replace him and uh, I can't even remember the chap's name he was in uh, he was Wolverine's brother Um, oh what's the uh, he's done a Bunch of TV. Is it Ray Donovan?
2: No. Oh, yeah. Um, a, I know who you're talking about. So, not, Shriver, it's not Lee Shriver, is it?
0: Yeah. I, I, I've uh, seen some pictures of, of the guy you're talking about. I don't know his name, but I, I know who you're talking about.
1: I, I mean, because I, I can't remember which one of us said it. It certainly wasn't me, but I totally agreed with the statement. He had, he had presence. He had presence doing nothing than standing in a room. Like, if he walked into your room you know that someone's there, yeah. And how do you, how are you able to replicate that easily? And I mean, it's it's going to be an unbelievably
0: difficult Lee, task. leave Schreiber, yeah, yeah, that's I, the chap, like yeah. right there. Yeah, you but put with, a beard on him and and put him in the yeah. in the robes. I mean. To be honest, your
1: beard's getting close. Like we get a bit more white in this,
3: and you know, I was told by
1: how's your presence in a room. I was (laughs) told by big man.
3: I was told by several people, and I'm like, I'm not trying to say the brag, but there was a couple people that looked at me like I had longer hair too, and they're like, "You look like Balin." Casual (laughs) brag. I'll I'll take that. I'll own that. (laughs)
0: Um, no, that's fine. I I think it's great. I'm 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 hoping they recast. Cause I want to see where the story goes. I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be where Mandalorian three went, which was, we lost this main character for the, what was that show that Cara Dune was going to lead? Rangers, oh, of the uh, Republic. Rangers. Republic. So we're going to merge Rangers and Mando into this next season and kind of mix these stories in, right? I, I don't want to see that. I'd, I'd rather him say, we're going to continue down the path we're going. And yes, we're going to have to put a new person in there, but I think they can, with, with the people they have in place, they should be able to find the right actor who has that similar presence that he did. And
3: he didn't overly speak, right? I mean,
2: a lot no, of the things he, he did, said was with, a,
3: like, but when he did, it carried something like you said, like he's got right. a presence, but when he did speak, um, something about the what is it, the Jedi and there, it's so there's only there's so few of them. Um, it's a shame because there's so few of them. Uh, When he had to go kill Ahsoka, like the things he said are memorable.
2: I don't think he ever wanted to kill Ahsoka either. Like that's something that I always felt was I just, like I was saying that last night, I just felt like there was always a level of respect for her there. And it was kind of weird because it made me question like, what is he doing? What is he up to? So.
0: Well, when Morgan Elizabeth reached out, you know, said something to him about it, didn't he, didn't she say, do I sense fear? And he said, no, it's, it's just a shame. Right it would just be a shame if i had to if I had to do that i I think that was pretty cool, mm-hmm. so
1: I think it's I, one of the interesting parts about his character is he also seems to be one of the few people who actually knows who Darth Vader is
0: <laughs> yes,
1: like it was such a that one line where he's like Anakin spoke highly of you, and they're having that exchange, and then when he says like few saw what he became he became. You're like, well, hang yes. on a minute, like, who are you? Like, who is your character, dude? Like, tell me now. Because it seems to be such a a secret, you know, and a lot of, uh, maybe some speculation on some people's part, but, like, he knows. Like, he's saying it not mm-hmm. with even a, a questionable tone. I mean, he's saying it with authority, which I think a lot of what he talks about seems to carry that statement, he sort of rememberable kind of lines, but it definitely all this really goes back to say what an unbelievable character that they have created that also was portrayed brilliantly by ray right but i i so badly i i just need to know this guy's like story you know you because know, it's just
0: the other thing that i think they did so well was we we knew we all knew deep down they were going to find ezra Before the end of this first series, whether it was in the last one or two episodes, there was going to be that, hey, we found him, right? Here he is. But yes, there were some battles between some of Thrawn's people and either Ezra or Ahsoka or Sabine. But there wasn't that massive thing that you can see working in Thrawn's head, right? So we have something in season two or something in that future Filoni movie. Where that master tactician will be able to come out, right? He's going to have this master plan that's going to all come together, and we're going to see a huge battle, right? Uh, the Lucas kind of battle, where you have something going on in the in the air, on the ground, and one on one, right? So I, I'm excited about not having to put that in the first season. It, it's it's still to come.
3: Is he Indeed. really a tech, master tactician? Is he really? Yes. Because okay. I, why, why do you feel like I just like don't he see here? it? I just don't I, see it. Like, have, what about have you read his books? So, that's and so here's where we go. <laughs> and here is the rub. <laughs> I have read, I, I've listened to Mark Thompson narrate Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and Last Command. Another one, the Last, Last Command. Command. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. read that one. The other ones, right? The other books I have not t- dove into. The one with the blue pages. So I am not fully vested in my, Chris, my chiss mythology. From what we have seen and from what I have seen, there is a lot. And even in the Heir to the Empire stuff, and it's also because I came to those as a 42-year-old man after having everything. And I didn't, I didn't come to it at the same level when they first were released in the 90s. And it wasn't something that impacted my fandom at the time. I have never seen or had this belief that he is this tactician that is something to be feared, and I don't think the, the really? show that I don't think the show that they've put on leads you to believe that he is this brilliant tactician.
0: I think I, uh, Jack hit something that I, I'm going to start focusing on in the books. Unless a Jedi was involved, who he was going against. Thrawn won everything. It's when Ben Bendu, yes, Bendu or Jedi <laughs> were against him, he lost. Right? I mean, well, th- it, I have to think about that. I'm going to look back at his books. I'm going to look back at Rebels. But I, I think you're onto something, Jack. I think he's as close to being Darth Vader or a Jedi without having that. Like he's got everything else put together, but he yeah. can't outsmart what a Jedi is going to do.
1: Well, to me, the other, if you look at like, if you were to say his notable losses, let's say, like, he wouldn't have sacrificed that fuel refinery just to mm-hmm. see Kanan kick it, you know, which he wasn't even on World when that happened. And he seemed mad when he got back with, was it Governor Pride? Yeah. Price. Price, um yeah. You know so then it's like oh are we chalking that up as his loss or are we chalking that up (laughs) as her loss because i to me what makes him such a brilliant tactician is being able to accept them small defeats and go yeah we lost that and he immediately moves on to the next piece because his bigger picture plan allows him to check at least i've always felt from a tactitional stance check his ego for his bigger picture prize And to me, that's what he did every step of the way in Ahsoka. His clear and main objective only was getting off. Getting off that planet and Mm -hmm. going. And he basically accepts a few losses to be able to do that. And to me, not that that's, you know, it's a difficult sell when you probably go into the, you know, head hot chamber and you're like, okay, we're going to take a couple of losses, you know, without following it through. But I guess I've always thought that when he loses, typically, I think we already mentioned it. So for the sake of repeating it, he has to deal with a Bendu, which then suddenly strikes down all of his his right. uh, star destroyers and everything in the air when he, of granted, shoots it. Um, and then the Purgles come because Ezra's got this, you know, connection to them, which right. apparently is one of the new things in Star Wars that you know Jedi can just. Feel all these uh, animals and whatnot, which is kind of cool. But like you know, I don't think any tactician really can bank on that. And then on the refine on the refri- uh, fuel refinery, where he's like, ha- like advocating for his tight defender program, he has to go back mm-hmm. to Coruscant, Talk about it. All right, they killed Kanan, but like at the cost of his other thing, and I wouldn't say he was happy about that. So
0: i love to, it
1: to me i i feel like this the the uh the the recent throne throne trilogy for me is better than the air to the empire trilogy
0: they're fantastic books i will tell you that i mean everything related to the throne is fantastic and I, still deep down in my heart i'm so excited that at i triple c in nashville which jack it's something you should check out. I got to sit there and talk to and have a conversation with Timothy Zahn and get him to sign oh, a cool. book and him talk about Thrawn. That was fantastic. So um, I will tell you guys, we've gone an hour just talking about Ahsoka. How about I throw some bullet fast questions at you and we just get can I? Can I throw one more
3: question yes. at yeah. you guys? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. only if you've got no, time. No, no, I love it. Oh, this is what we do, Jack. So
1: one of my <laughs> other favorite bits that I feel like leads to a bigger question is when it's basically said to us that the that Thrawn awoken or woke the night sisters on paridia not like they were already there like somehow he found them activate like you know got huh. them on his side yeah. and then go in like that was and i'm sure that's the line that like he found them or he woke them or right. they were awoken by him or something, but like specifically him. And again, when these Purgle take him off, I don't feel like he was like, Oh, I'm going to end up in, I'm mm-hmm. going to end up here. So I feel like that's why well, that to me was one of them snippets of a line that resonated with me that could become a new rogue one where we look at it and go, wow, that one snippet of that one show led to this other movie I about like the Night Sisters, where many Bothans might have died, and brought us Rogue One. Well, I don't know what Thrawn did, but he brought us back the Night Sisters, and that's pretty cool. So you're I like a that a lot. Fan? What's that? Sorry, are you a Night Sisters fan? Then I'm not too. I'm not into the zombie kind of thing. Okay, you okay. know, to be honest with you, like I, I like the Night Sisters. I like that there's equal ways that the Force, mm-hmm. or you know. Mm-hmm. Force light magic, yeah, exactly. Magic with a C and a K <laughs> that that was pretty cool. Is that a nod to the Brits or it, that... well, I don't know what it was a nod <laughs> to, but I, I just happened to have the subtitles on and it said something about magic. And I'm like, oh, that is not like regular magic. That's got a k K. Let's go. <laughs> um I think they I think that as a as a a race, as a cult, as a species, whatever. Um, it's really interesting that they also have existed for you know a time probably before the Jedi were seen as Jedi knights um so yes yeah, so I'm a big fan of the night sisters on the whole I don't love the idea of them bringing back all them corpses yeah because I think that's a little creepy and weird but uh, hey no, I, hey
3: I, I will tell about Enoch though like that, like that's who, another, is right? who is
1: he? Right, like
3: I mean, that's one story. I think that I, we all have the same kind of f- feeling on. Like, I feel like it's got the potential to be good, but who the heck is he?
0: I well here's then, all I Murdoch. all I want is I want him to be better than Captain Pasma. That's all. Oh, Captain Phasma got nothing. They they didn't give her they didn't treat her right in the movies at all.
1: They we just to be honest with you, I. I... On my Star Wars slight hit list, if you want to call it this.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Eight, eight and nine. Episodes eight and nine. On the whole, I actually thought seven was a great re-entry point. I really like episode seven, but eight and nine on my hit list a little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, just because I feel like they were done. You're not alone. Dirty. Yeah. And a bit of injustice has been had. And... Um, uh what's the uh, oh there was one other thing that I thought was funny, but I just I lost it. But I just feel like there's <laughs> there's certain things that have been done wrong where we're getting an opportunity to maybe fix them. Oh Boba, Boba Fett. That was up that series. And when it came out, my favorite part of that series was the first three episodes when he's with the sand people and he gives them like a little bit more of a background mm-hmm. about their culture and their history and their ways that so they're not just they're savages. You and know, I
3: slaughtered them like animals.
1: <laughs> to me, the, the way that that series ramped up then, that, that Bob, Boba season one was on my hit list too. So you got eight, nine and Boba. And that hurts me to say that because when a series came out, I was like, yeah. Um, but I think that's pretty much me with anything Star Wars really, like initially. But then once you get like a few weeks out, that show didn't have the the right tempo. It was kind of casual, and then you know they brought in the Mando. So I'm like, wait, is it season two and a half? Right. And then by the time it took action, I mean, I mean, literally, it was cool to see him riding a uh, a rancor. No doubt, no doubt. Any fan who <laughs> says that wasn't cool, they're lying. However,
3: <laughs>
1: I think I think you said it earlier. It was just. It had it it lacked a little substance, and I, I guess ultimately that's what I loved about Ahsoka for in its entirety was from start to end, mm-hmm. they had a plan, they stuck to the plan, yeah. they developed some character arts, they created really cool characters, and they've left you without or me anyway, with, like without doubt wanting more. So that was my that's 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 Jack's hit list on Star Wars and <laughs> kind of ahsoka overview i
0: guess (laughs) no worries and and d-doc will tell you the same thing alfie and d-doc will both say if it leaves you wanting more then then it was a pretty good show and and d-doc just had to hop off again so i'm speaking on his behalf there but yeah i i i think we're all in agreement there were some really good things about ahsoka um and and we're looking forward to seeing where it goes and now i think we're all waiting until brent Fresh my memory, skeleton crew or acolyte next? Ooh. Skeleton
3: crew, from what they're saying, and I think it's January. Um, yeah, it's in the, okay. the can. It's just waiting to be released. Um, I think they're waiting to uh, make yeah. a full-on announcement. This was like all behind-the-scenes leaked information about copyright, and anyways, um, January-ish, but they're waiting for all of the um, the strike stuff,
0: anything related. You, yeah,
3: yeah. On okay. all sides. like The writers are in, but they're also staying in solidarity for the actors.
0: Mm. Fun stuff, man. Fun stuff. Um,
1: you had some rapid fire questions.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to throw some things out that, that were just... I wrote them down as I read some articles yesterday and today. So I just thought, what the heck? Let's talk about them real quick. Um, Guillermo del Toro was writing at one point in time. His entire group was building out a job of the hut. Kind of gangster mafia movie. Do you think would yeah? As I say, do you think it would have been good? And and would you know what? What's your overall thought on on something like that?
1: Mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Both of you. Do you want to take it first?
3: No, I was gonna let you. You're the guest, man. What do you? What like you said, awesome. So I I feel there's more to that though. Well,
1: yeah, you know, because I think one of the things that you know makes. The Mandalorian so interesting is showing that the Star Wars universe is actually really interesting. You don't have to be a Jedi Knight to also have a really amazing story, which I know this is a complete fandom, but there's probably a lot of similarities and things that people can pull out that they can go, oh, well, my friend's, you know, obviously not Grogu, but he does something like this or, you know, we're, we're loyal to the nth degree like, uh, you know, like Mando might be. You know, and obviously the, the gangsters in Star Wars, if you don't think about Jabba the Hutt or, you know, mm-hmm. his whole uh situation and... Menagerie? Well, yeah. And also <laughs> then the syndicates and all the different syndicates there are. And, you know, the fact that they have essentially like drugs in the Star Wars world and spice, yeah. you know, and death sticks and all this stuff, like... There's gotta be something in that right. that would be really interesting to know how they how they do it because I'll give an example is I'm not someone who watches a Death Star being built and thinks, had they raised the money to do that. I'm just <laughs> like, that's kind of cool. I like to see that. Happy days. But, you know, as I get a bit older, you know, it's it's essentially taking like a like a like a Han or like a Poe when he was a Spice Runner. Mm-hmm. Like maybe let's see what actually being a Spice Runner looks like and having some heavy stakes. And, you know, even Jabba's backstory about how he became the guy because, you know, I, I feel like when you read, you know, The Phantom Menace, he's not like obviously the main hook for me at that point. It is only when it seems like the, when the pod race then went to Tatooine, that's what helps him like elevate his – Right. His status within his uh, his own like group, so I feel like that there has to be some really interesting stories, characters, situations, scenarios that these people must gain. Because again, like Jabba, the fact that there's a whole area that was called like Hut Space. Mm-hmm. now I mean,
3: okay, man, Here they got their own
1: planet. You <laughs> know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which I play, I've i been, one of the games I used to play, like you could go to the planet and right. it was cool and it was just like a planet of gangsters and you're like, this mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Um, it's just, it's got to be, There's just got to be a lot of interesting things there and I think I said this to you, Joe, and I saw you, like I'm in the nicest way. I would love to meet Daisy Ridley. If she ever wanted to go out on a date, I'm, a, I'm available am available.
0: We can but make I'm, that happen, can't we? We could start something to make that happen, I think. Please and um, thank you. <laughs> um, but
1: I'm ready for the sky I'm ready for the Skywalkers <laughs> to not be the center of the Star Wars world, I think, wow. and the more people that kind of can fill it. Just makes it seem like it's a bit more diverse than, you know, Jedi Knights, which I love sure. them by the way. It's very cool, but there's just got to be, there got to be some fun in that that they can exploit.
0: Agreed. Uh, real quick before Brent answers on on Jabba, Alfie says, uh, because Brent earlier had oh, said yeah. Shin Hati is Rose Tico. Alfie said Shin isn't Rose. She didn't kill Lu'uuk Skywalker. Um, so that's one thing. And then um, Tales of Jabba's Palace, he said, would make a great Disney Plus series. I don't know if either of you have checked that out, but. It's a bunch of short stories about the characters at Java's Palace. So, mm. um, and yes, Brent, that is in a book. Alfie said. So, yeah, no, I, I think he, seen said, that.
3: Oh, I, I, he said. Oh, he said he read that in story. a book. Yeah, he said yeah. read that in a book. I was thinking like I he was new. the fact that I knew Hutta was because I read it in a book. And <laughs> I no, no, so. that's not correct because uh, there are friends of mine that talk about it, um, and that's the only reason because I I acquire information um, <clears> from those sure. that do read the books. Um, So I'm going to take it a different direction because I think it would be fantastic to see the underworld because Mm -hmm. those are stories that haven't been told. And I think that's what Boba has (laughs) and had the ability to try to tell um, was that kind of underworld. I think that that's kind of the vehicle possible. Um, I would love to see a Tales of Jabba's Palace. I'm not going to read it, so show it to me. (laughs) Um, The other thing I was going to go to was had anybody heard that prior to the last year or, like, week or two? Because I know Rebel Force Radio, nope. who's, like, the Jimmy, podcast of podcasts. Jimmy yep. Jimmy, and Jason talked about it. Um, it was on had, a few
0: different, uh, you know, websites where they post stuff out. That, yeah, yeah. but In the last two weeks, I would say. Yeah. And
3: this sounded like they were writing this in, like, 2005. This sounded like it was something that wasn't as recent as what they just announced, right? Like, so what, what it comes to is my understanding of the showbiz business. There are probably 60 to 70 star Wars stories in some level of production that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. And just because of the ones that we know about fail, which is true. They've had a shit record for the last, I don't know, since we've been doing the podcast three, four years, they've had a shit record not arguing that that is not what I'm going on I'm just saying that there's a lot more out there that is in production that we don't know about that hasn't made it to the leak circles yet and that's all kind of what like my like what I try to talk about is like we just don't know what's going on we don't know what they're writing about we don't know where we're going the other one was i think that same writer the one that was not uh to gear yeah. was
0: yeah, the writer on it. that
3: shorter. the writer on that was also writing something about the beginnings of the jedi
0: and Which Mangold is doing now. But yeah. here's
3: the thing. You're, if you make that movie and you come up with a new idea, the Filoniites will have your neck.
2: Okay. Because of what we talked
3: about when I jumped in. Because if you don't bring in the Mortis and you don't bring in the concept of Mortis into the beginning of the Jedi and the beginning of the Force, people will lose their minds.
0: Interesting. I like it because
3: it's become for the super fan. I, you say that it was controversial. I feel like there are a lot of people that buy into this Mortis arc and buy into this holy trinity uh, of the Force. Um, and I think that if you try to talk about the dawn of the Force without talking about the creation of this more the planet Mortis and having the father, the son, and the daughter you are going to have people up in arms.
0: Okay. I I don't doubt that at all because we've built in I also feel that's a Star type.
1: Wars fandom thing though. Like yeah. you could you could write the most perfect script ever and I've seen people throw shade at Ahsoka. Absolutely. You know, and I think to me like when I when I hear that <laughs> I, I I agree with you because there's there's also there's already a precedent set for some things in Star Wars that we have come to accept, mm-hmm. but in that show it would be cool if somebody met them for the first time and you could drip feed them in and they don't have to become a big part of the show, but they also create a big part of the foundation of what we understand the force to be but one of my one of my favorite lines out of Clone Wars was when Yoda basically reiterates about, well, what about everything we don't know about the force? You know, they make it seem like it's still this right. thing that although they have a grasp on, you know, something, they wouldn't be, maybe they would, but like, I, I never got the sense that they would say, well, we understand 50% of the force, you know, 10% of the force. Like, they never give you that number. So I think there would be a nice way of, integrating it in even if it's for a snippet not like a snippet because i mean you would have to explain it but be able to set the premise for it because people didn't just figure it out like willy-nilly you know like there there had to have been someone who was being guided by something you know and and for me that would be any when i think of all the problems that would be difficult to overcome that's not one that i'm like hmm Let's really brainstorm it. You might brainstorm an organic way to, you know, bring it to the forefront. But of all the problems Star Wars faces, I I actually love the idea of them going back to the dawn of the Jedi and figuring out how they, you know, have become what they have become.
0: Well, I think it's interesting. And you you guys went down this path because I was going to quickly just say any thoughts on the next three movies, but you've already hit on this so i appreciate that um because i it it started making me think whether it's with mangold's movie or whether it's now with the last jedi and uh rise of skywalker where we see that set of books that luke has kept (laughs) and then ray now has do you guys think that mortis world between worlds or bindu is mentioned in any of those books do you think that's a part of any of those books, the Jedi text? I mean, the way when
1: you when you watch Clone Wars, the way for me is left that like this is a group that are unheard of. Okay. Like, that's how I left Clone Wars thinking, was that this wasn't really a very well-known thing. But then again, it goes back to how did Balan Skull know about them? Because it, it clearly seems like he knew... Something. So whether it's from fairy tales, like I think is what they what they drop in the in the series. So they they're a little bit more well known than what I think I thought
3: originally. I Um, I I I lean that they're not well known, and that he is just (laughs) like I'm gonna go into leaning that he was kind of like Qui Gon that was a book rat and lived in the library and talked to whatever her name is. Joe, knew. i knew you guys would know it like i couldn't remember her name <laughs> but like i i'm gonna i'm gonna lean in and say i think that he was like uh he was a library rat and that he was he was searching for something like qui-gon was searching for something he's think, kind of a, he's kind of a 21st century qui-gon
1: i think it's conceivable then that in them very ancient books that they're referencing
0: okay because again um, if
1: you can't you can't have a vast library like that and you know, have your core pieces of material probably not contain essentially one of the biggest fundamentals of the forces we know it.
0: So, so
3: we, we, the book we of him, Alfie just came through yes. and said that it's canon that World Between Worlds is in the books Ray has.
1: Really? Sure. I didn't know that. Sure. So,
0: Alfie, we, we actually call him the Book of Alfie. That's actually what he goes by on X/Twitter. slash Twitter. Because if we have a question, we just ask, you know, oh, he yeah, usually see it now. has an answer. Um, yeah. And he said, as far as the. How
1: do you just know that? I, know. I love that someone just knows this. It's brilliant. But
0: it's, the Guillermo movie, he said it was it was known about during Solo and that sets were being built. It was known about then and it died when Solo kind of tanked. So Alfie, Hot. again, bring bring in the heat. Hot take. I mean, yep.
3: so you'd have to understand Alfie, if he's not critiquing somebody's outfits, he's spending time diving into research <laughs> on Star Wars. Well,
1: I, I got so, good I got two questions then for him. Well, one one hot take and then one question. Shoot because, him out. Shoot him out. Because because we'll start, he'll answer if he's in the chat. We'll start with a question. So throughout Rebels, Ezra has a green lightsaber. Hmm. Suddenly they make a big deal out of everybody going and getting their of crystal, which apparently is un, not colored, right, originally until it, change, and then it changes based on the Jedi. How does he end up with a green, a blue lightsaber? Sorry, in Ahsoka, right at the end. That was Kanan.
0: Oh, he didn't he make a new one? Did he make it? He uh,
1: made
3: an, He made a new one. So unless but he, he has Kanan, but unless he has, he has the crystal. Okay. Well, I no thought well. it picked up on White hang you, John. Talking about him pulling uh, <laughs> the Kyber crystal from Kanan's, and he made a replica of Kanan's saber.
1: Oh, really? Uh, so I must have to rewatch that. That part. was in
3: that last. It was in the last episode when they were putting it together. Old Hoangy Yangi put it. I just don't know how to say Ooh, yeah. it. Oh, I I thought it was a
1: reference to whatever type of was it like whatever type of hilt he had was what.
3: And it might be, and I I thought it was also the kyber crystal that he had. But yes, it it was a reference to the hilt. Like he made a replica hilt of Kanan's um, as as like a tribute to Kanan.
0: Alfie will answer that one. What's your other hot taker question?
1: I really feel like Solo is a way better movie than what people give it credit for. It
3: caught, it was poor timing.
0: Yep, It got caught in a real mess because I it was, was very leery of a new character, like I said back at that time, but Alfie said it a hundred times. Once you got into the movie, it didn't even affect you. You just started watching the movie like this was a young I mean, Han solo.
1: But Yeah, but I guess there was a lot of negativity around it. I know they changed directors and um, oh, I can't remember mm-hmm. the chap's name who played, who played a, a young Han uh, you know, he um, was taking Henry, a lot of, he was taking a lot of heat. Um, you know, when the movie came out, I'm like, well, you don't want to you want to see how Harrison Ford or like how Han Solo became Han Solo, he didn't just arrive like this is how I am all the time. You know, <laughs> like he had a personal development which I just thought was people went into that movie thinking. Harrison Ford. And I'm like, no, you need to go in with this perspective of this is how he becomes the, the person that we see him as now okay. later in his life.
3: And so,
1: I told I guess- someone that the other day, and they just thought that was one of the most controversial things they had heard <laughs> in Star Wars for a while. And I really don't think it's that bad, but apparently it's a slightly hot take.
3: So the other hot take that goes connected to this is, did, did Donald Glover catch as much heat for playing a young Lando? As Alden Ehrenreich did for Han Solo. Not even a nope. tiny bit. If anything, it was praise, money, I yep. think.
0: They want him to do more.
3: I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're going to write, now it's going to turn in, they were going to do a series, now it's turned into a movie. So.
0: I mean, look. Least favorite
3: it, characters
1: across Star Wars.
0: Alfie says he was Han by the end of the movie. If there had been a sequel, I would have watched it with without leaving my seat. I, I agree.
3: I, I think he used the robot spare parts and the top of it was a crystal from Kanan.
0: There you go. Okay. So see, Alfie's Please. on top of it. Thank he, you. Have so talk, you have Alfie. the question about
3: colors. You have a question about colors, but you have Luke and he goes from blue to green and like, I don't
0: know. <laughs> Come on, Brent. In, in some of the Marvel comics during the 70s, Luke had sure, a yellow Sure, Marvel lights, comics.
3: You know? Let's talk about another medium that only about 45 <laughs> people read.
0: I just got three today.
3: What are you on about? Come on! (laughs) forty-four original run. Are you into the original run of the Marvel comics? No,
1: I kind of i've I've been um, on the Darth Vader comic line now and then. The Mando or the Mandalorians just come out with one like side arc as well. So I I I don't like starting things like halfway through. Hey, there you go. This Um, is from
0: this is the the. Where they compiled all the ones from the seventies into a book. So
1: Joe, what I'm impressed with is because I I know you had said, you know, you just moved, but <laughs> but, the, but the studio is studioable to have a to have a podcast. And who knows how the living room's getting on. But I love that the signs up, your bookcase is there. <laughs> You've gotta that's get a the real figures that's out, a though, right? Proper, right i commitment. mean the only yeah. thing listen is the figures
0: right yeah i gotta get those out i gotta well, actually, have display of
1: those mine mine are all in my in my guest room i need to bring them out so i went to disney a, a few weeks ago and i built a i built a lightsaber which i thought was cool but i also got a sith and jedi holocron too and people mm-hmm. have seen it and they're
3: like what is this and i'm like i can't i don't have time to explain it to
1: you <laughs> oh that's pretty cool
3: so this is what i was doing at the very beginning while we were talking about mortis I was paying attention, but like so, it's um, it is a Marvel Crisis Protocol toy, and this is Doctor the Skull, the Red Skull. Mm-hmm. And it goes inside of this Hydra tank. Nice. And so, like, I still got some work to do on it, but that was what I was working on.
0: Jack, if you ever want some some cool miniature stuff and for somebody to paint them up, Brent's your guy. Oh, okay.
1: I've never he's... really got into like them. I've done a lot of, I mean, recently. Oh, that is. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Ass.
3: Yeah, I like that. Tauntaun rider. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. They Rubber. have a rule that they can ram into something and cause some damage. Nice. <laughs> they go full feed into them and ram their head into them.
1: Trading hey. trading cards is probably the thing that I've gotten into. Yeah, the most in the last uh, you know six so. months, I guess. And anyway, I actually got a C three PO super refractor so one of one that came back from grading today. It yeah. didn't get didn't get graded nearly as well as I thought or hoped it should have, which was a bummer. But it. it got an eight. Ooh, okay. I know that's exactly when I saw it. And then anyway, I had a, <laughs> I had a Mando, I had a Mando card get graded, and it came back a ten. So I mean, you know, you got to take the wins and the losses together. But I was so pretty there, bummed. There that. is
0: a um, a thing that Alfie and I have gone to quite a bit over the past two or three years. It's called the Great Ohio Toy Show. It's in a town called Xenia, Ohio, over near Dayton. And they do it once in March and once in October, I think every year. Mm-hmm. And while it's full of toys, Alfie wanted me to remind you, he and I just went recently and the amount of trading cards and especially Star Wars trading cards was off their the eyes. Yeah. yeah, so he cool. was like, Jack would, Jack would go crazy in I'd this spent, place
1: i'd have spent way too much money i can't <laughs> help it like when i'm when i'm in a place like that and it's just there it just feels rude not to you know yeah you gotta keep these people in business you know right. right support local you gotta keep
3: the community going here you go the economy get, get the local economy yeah
1: See,
0: that's now, fun. i can tell you what right now i have other questions that i'm looking at and and all of it's in my head is how do I make it to where I introduce Jack to Daisy Ridley and then get him in the next Star Wars movie with her? I think I they are two
1: they're two things that should stay at the forefront of your mind as well okay like <laughs> don't worry about the other questions we'll get to them another time don't panic however that uh, could be that that's that's like mission critical right now that's yeah. you know this is like trying to do the you know we're trying to jump in parsecs here we're not I, messing
0: nope I, you know what, we'll we'll put all, an all points bulletin on this, and we'll get everybody in the Star Wars community pushing to uh, to ship this up. So even um, even an
1: even a you know an X comment like I would take right now. You know you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. We'll work She's on British. it. She's British. I'm British. <laughs> she was a Jedi. I practically am in my head. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of. <laughs> I'm i am got three. Familiar. I got three lightsabers. You know, like, come on, I want more the she does at this
0: point. <laughs> um. So uh, you were just in. You were just at Disney. Were you at Disney World or Disneyland? Uh, in Florida or California?
1: I was in Florida.
0: Okay. Um. So D Doc's gonna go at the end of November. And he's going to go to galaxy's edge. And then the first week of December, I'm going to go with Joey. My, my wife and I are going to go with Joey, his wife and and his son, and we're going to go to all the parks together and see our grandson, you know, being crazy and all that. But, um, it, it came up. I, I found an article today that rumor has it that the galactic star cruiser, even though they're mothballing it, they've been really putting out a lot of exit uh, questionnaires and things like that to people who did go to it to say, how would you improve it and what would you do differently? Hopefully and... the cost was the number one thing they talk about. <laughs> Probably. Um, so, I mean, I, I gotta find out if there's a way to, for them to get around this tax write-off that they did because the tax write-off was based on them shutting it down completely and not using it again, but I... I I mean, what if that thing comes back and it comes back with the way Star Wars fans want it to be instead of the way Disney wants it to be? I mean, that's just, that could be crazy.
1: I think to me, like for Disney, like as a fan, you, you're going to give them your money, like you, you're going to spend it. Uh, but what they asked for for that, I just thought was ludicrous, honestly. <laughs> like a, a two night stay that's costing you. What was it about five thousand dollars? Yep. I mean, that's that's suddenly taken something that you know needs to be out there for everybody to enjoy. But its core fans are the people who are going to really enjoy it. Also, now you've priced them out of the market, and that that does that didn't feel that didn't feel good because even if someone said, Hey, you want to go and do this? You'd probably be like, well, there's probably something else we could spend that on for two (laughs) nights. You know, like we could probably all go to Mexico for, you know, two (laughs) weeks on that sort of, on that sort of money. Um, I, I, they clearly have invested a lot into it and I'm sure they've got some unbelievable props and a lot of infrastructure in place for it to be successful. But I think that's the moment where, you know, (laughs) That corporate that that corporate vibe has to also match what the fandom wants because in this moment it's failed, yep, and it could have been so much different and you know perhaps so much better. <laughs> and you'll you'll notice it to me going into uh, It's Bantu right. That's the uh, Bantu Bantu. Yeah. Um, that was one of the coolest things because when you get there, I mean, you feel like you have left Florida and you are just in a completely different area and it's so amazing and it's so well done. And, you know, even from things like even trash cans are, you know, nice. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, everything that you want it to be, it is. So then you're like, okay, well, okay. I'm sure doing a hotel that way is expensive, but that, that whole, that whole, uh,
3: Adventure it,
1: could have been different.
3: But it goes back to what you've said also about what you want to see. You said, and this is also another tweet that went out, which I don't know if it's Joe. Joe wanted to talk about. You said that you want to move past the Skywalker completely and not bring <laughs> them up. There's a guy who just put out a tweet, and I don't know the, the context of the tweet. I didn't read all of it. I just yeah, read Matthew the said that yeah. he thinks that it should be a reboot of only the Skywalkers. And what I feel, and this is just from the fans that I talk to and the people that like I am connected with, if it doesn't have a Skywalker, there is a percentage of the population that will have nothing to do with it. There's a percentage of the fandom that will have nothing to do with it. I guess I'm
1: not opposed to them being involved in these mm-hmm. kind of things. I guess if you're talking about like new material,
3: well, the direction... So- I'm going park-wise too, right? So like, you, it, when you talk about going to the park, like they want to see Skywalker Saga stuff in the park.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I don't really have a problem with that. I'm talking, when I've played, I'm kind of ready to move past the Skywalkers, it's in new content and new material, not nostalgia <laughs> that gives you that feeling. Like, I mean, if you were walking around Star Wars or the Star Wars park at Disney and you saw Darth Vader. I mean, you'd have kids out there who would freak out, not just because Mm -hmm. they're excited, but because they're probably a little bit nervous as well. So (laughs) I don't want to just like get rid of them and go, as a fans, we have moved on from you. Because when I see Luke Skywalker, I'm like, you're cool. You know, and when I saw Ray in the park (laughs) as a Disney princess, I practically gave her my phone number (laughs) without her even asking. You know? So For me, moving on from the Skywalker, and perhaps I should clarify this, is is purely out of new content material for upcoming shows. And I thought Luke Skywalker coming back in Mando was just the most awesome thing I've seen in a long time. But I'm not ready to get rid of them out of nostalgia because the C3 period that I pulled, I just thought (laughs) was banging because (laughs) he's one of the OGs. You know, like you can't, you really can't like Star Wars and not have an appreciation for like maybe eight characters, 10 characters. And if you can't get on board with that group of 10, then star Wars isn't your
0: jam.
3: Right. Okay. So
0: Walt Disney is no longer with us. We know that he's been gone for quite a while, but (laughs) when, when, when we have Disney world and we have Disneyland and we have Euro Disney and we have Japan Disney, and I'm sure there's another one coming about that I don't know about, but Each one of those parks, they don't build them and say, hey, I've got a really good idea. No Mickey and Minnie. Just leave them out. Let's go with, um, this one's going to be a Lightning McQueen only park. That's Mm. it. No Mickey and Minnie. They don't do that. At each one of those places, Mickey's right there. The statue of Mickey is looking up at the castle. Oh, he's in your face. Yeah, so I get it. It it is time. I'm fine with moving on with the storyline it's like you can't forget the base. You can't forget sure. what got you here, right? Uh, that That's what I'm saying. And and I wouldn't even need Luke to be in the new Galactic Star Cruiser if that's what they're going to do. But make it to where it feels there's parts of it that are for people 50 years old who grew up with the original trilogy. There's parts that are for the the, the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy. Make it to where there's a feel... For all those people, and not just hey, this is where you are, and you you get none of the rest of it, right? I know I mean,
1: uh, this is a podcast for Star Wars, when not to make it about Disney, but I actually <laughs> think that's something that they within all of their parks have actually done very well. Like there's some when you go, like even for me and like my childhood, there's some nostalgia when you walk around. And then we were there, me and my sister were there with my two older cousins and their kids. One of them's our goddaughter. And they had, they were excited about someone that me and my sister didn't really know because we haven't been immersed in the Disney world, you know, recently. But then my older cousins were excited about something that me and my sister were like vintage, you know, <laughs> um, you know, the
3: <laughs> Peter Pan ride. Yeah, you know, or something <laughs> like that.
1: And yeah, I mean, I mean look, I'm mean, one of my favorite characters, or you know, two of my favourite characters will forever be Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. And seeing them walk around would just be insane. You know, and doing anything that still has them involved as from a nostalgic stance, I think is is great. I just when it comes to and I think the series is showing it can stand it. Mandalorian, Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, I just feel like the the fandom, the, the, the universe could grow, but you're not looking to at no point would I ever want to get rid of them. Cause I feel like you're, you know, giving away or like trying to get rid of the people who have made this be what it is.
0: Yep. That's where I am as well. Um, I will hit you guys with one last question and then I'll let you go because we've been, we've been going for quite a while here. Um, and I saw this again. I don't remember which website it was on, so I apologize if you wrote this article. Thank you, and and I'll make it up to you by coming on it again in the future. When looking back at the sequel trilogy, which was the biggest mistake? Was it A, <laughs> bringing back Palpatine, or B, killing off Kylo slash Ben?
1: Out of the other too. What's that? Ah, uh, them two, just them two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, no, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it quite that way. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought there was going to be like a B and a C. Oh, like no. A C no. And a D. I, th- I saw something similar to that. And one of the options also was they killed Snoke too early, which I think that's my biggest grievance. Okay. With, with eight. Um,
3: which almost but, uh, forced which almost forced palpatine to come back right by killing snoke off agreed. He forced to return yeah. of palpatine so i like i mean you can i could tie it in and link it that way
1: and you know like kind of going on a little bit of a the theme that we've chatted about you know bob are having the opportunity to come back and like show some of like his prowess which was cool you know luke skywalker coming back and taking down the dark uh, troopers cool darth vader in rogue one in the hallway cool they had a moment where they could have mm-hmm. made palpatine actually seem like even more of the badass that he clearly was where when you see him do most things outside of episode three he's just hand lighting you all the time and at some point like maybe just pull your lightsaber out bro
3: <laughs> you
1: know so uh, uh, i guess if you're talking about future material I'm I'm sad that they killed off Ben, and I'm not sad that Palpatine's. Hopefully, just I hope. Just feel like we're done with not done with that, but like you can't keep bringing people back, right? You know, I think that's probably more of my grievance on it. That you know, it it kind of, you know, what happens at the end of six is like one of the biggest, most fundamental parts of the Star Wars story. Period. Mm-hmm. And you bring it in back, you're like, well, well it wasn't there. Like, it, we got you. Like, you thought it, but we got you. <laughs> and I just, I don't like that. So for me, the, the uh, bigger mistake is that he shouldn't have been there in the first place, but also <laughs> for, like, new material, you know, I, I would have rather Ben Solo be able to okay. remain, but... I have a lot of feelings about the about that. <laughs> we, and, you know, yeah. and, and the worst thing is, I left, I remember leaving The Last Jedi, and it, I had an experience that I've not had with a Star Wars anything before. And I left unsure how I felt. And I don't like that. I don't want to leave that way. I want to leave like I left Ahsoka, where, you know, several times I had some buddies over watching it because, you know, we're cool and we'd have Star Wars watch parties occasionally. um where like i was like standing up i was like so shocked at what had just happened i was standing up with excitement at the end of the last jedi i'm like where are we going with this and it was confusion but not good cure but not curiosity it was bad curiosity
0: Hmm.
1: you know so to limit that just to two questions to two was it this or was it that i'm like (laughs) oh no No, 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 no. It's a little bit beyond that for me.
0: Um, I would have liked. We're going to need to have him on with T. Bob, aren't we? We could totally set that to right. (laughs) T. Bob and him would be fun. Just let him sit there for an hour and just go.
3: Well, but it's. I'm going to go because you read all. How many of the books did you read going into Last Jedi? How many like how much of the Star Wars literature did you did you consume before Last Jedi?
0: I tried to read a majority of the books coming out that were, I assumed, telling me things to prep for or lead me into that story. Well um yeah. But, I'm
3: talking like so about fifty like you read all of like like you had gone through the nineties and you had read all of that literature. I I'd, I'd read
0: I'd read every novel from nineteen seventy eight until Okay. Been, yeah.
3: Jack, how much had you?
0: High,
1: like uh, so, again. But so you a were a, bo- it,
3: you were a book kid, right? Like you, I mean, you were deep into the books as you were growing up. Do you know? Honestly, I guess my
1: my Star Wars fandom for books came middle teens. Okay. I guess, and then when I consumed it, I just consumed a lot of it. Um, so I oh. was all I had read the storyline of where, yep. you know, Palpatine had been a clone. And even when I read it, I was like, eh, it doesn't sit, doesn't sit well
3: with well, me. Well, so it's not necessarily the Palpatine's clone piece, but it's, it comes into what I believe is the, fundament, the fundamental difference and divide is the Star Wars fans that consumed the Star Wars literature prior to The Last Jedi did not like the Luke Skywalker that they saw on screen because it didn't jive with the Luke Skywalker that was in the literature that they had been consuming, versus the people that had absolutely no idea of the Luke Skywalker in those literatures and were just visual Star Wars fans. And I think that is probably the biggest divide, is that there was an expectation of the Luke you were going to see did not match what was on screen. And then it didn't help that the director was arrogant and said that because. OK, and I'm getting like people who listen to this probably will hate what I have say, but like so Ryan, Johnson, Ryan Johnson said to Mark <laughs> Hamill, you you are not Luke Skywalker. You are the actor that plays Mark Luke Skywalker, which is an accurate statement. Right. Like, I told you, Jack. I told you I'm going to make... Like, it's an accurate statement. You can't deny the logic of that statement. I I think that's, that, to
1: me, is... Um, <laughs> it's, it's so lacking of respect, not just for the character, but for the series as well. Like, is Han Solo Harrison Ford?
3: And that's why Solo got... That's why they didn't like Alden Ehrenreich, because...
1: But then, look, can I counter then?
3: What's that? I
1: counted, but then okay. But Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian, with a director who clearly loves Star Wars, with people who understand it, gave also the fans what they were expecting to see (laughs) when he comes in in his Mm X-wing, kicks ass and takes names. Absolutely. The like, do you know? I I even feel conflicted about Ryan Johnson because I love Knives Out and like the the movies that he's doing there. And they're so complex and that they're, they're really interesting. Well, I'm like, how, how could you not figure this out? Because,
2: because as soon as
1: they said that some of this was legends, I'm like, okay, let them do their own thing. Like the movies, you know, I love reading uh, Marvel comics. So you can go in some of the movies, understanding there could be, you know, a bigger picture over here that they may follow, but ultimately the movies can do what the movies want to do. Um, yeah, I don't know
3: about I, that. I, I'm not disagreeing with you saying that it is – that's why I said he was arrogant when he said it. But, like, if you take it at its word, he is not Luke Skywalker. He is the actor who portrays Luke Skywalker, which is true. But he also has had 30 years of living with the character to know, and you probably should kind of listen to what that guy has to say, right? But Yeah. So, so Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, and just making those statements public, right? And then the other thing too is Mark Hamill did not do The Last Jedi any help when he was on his press tours because he went around saying that he played Jake Skywalker and not Luke Skywalker. (laughs) And that gave every Star Wars super fan ammunition to bitch and hate on The Last Jedi. It wasn't like it wasn't like i'm going to condemn you in private and but i'm going to support it in public. like i'm sure there are actors that don't like the projects that they're on and talk about oh it was a great project and i love working with these people and they fucking hated it. <laughs> right? i'm sure that happens. Did- like like and they go out and do that. but like mark was like, "nah, i'm just going to hate on it," which allowed oh, everybody dude. to shit on it and caused the fan base to shit on Ryan Johnson and it is after where we dark right now.
2: And then did a full you know 180 after all of but, it. But but I
3: think what's interesting then,
2: you
1: know, because a lot of these people are highly intelligent. If you're looking at it, going right, well, we need him to come in and just play Luke Skywalker the best he can because the fans love him and all these things. Wouldn't a smart director have also potentially turned around and gone, "Help me, help you, make this a success"?
3: Not one that's arrogant and thinks that he knows better. <laughs> you know,
1: like to me, I just felt like. In the same moment, then Ryan Johnson is just a a director of one Star Wars, Mm -hmm. where it
3: fundamentally changed Star Wars, and it changed the fan base. It fundamentally changed the fan base. Uh,
1: I I agree. I've always struggled with the fact that like uh, some people who don't know Star Wars, like if you don't know Star Wars and you just watched the Last Jedi, I think it's a good movie. It doesn't flow with the rest of Star Wars at all. And okay, it probably creates some good comic book lines, which I feel like you might not be reading. Um, however, it, it doesn't do anything for like the broad picture because is Daniel Ratcliffe Harry Potter?
3: Uh, I mean, yeah.
1: I, I would struggle to see <laughs> someone else playing him unless it was in a time era that was so ridiculous that he couldn't be him. Which I think man, is I why I was okay, Which is which is I think is why I'm okay with Solo being portrayed two ways. You can't make Han Solo look that young now. Mm. So if it's in a if it's in a massively different period, I right. could deal with it. I could have dealt with is it Sebastian Stan? I could have accepted him as Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian if they went that that route instead of the. Uh,
3: CGI stuff,
1: yeah. Yeah, I could have. I really could have. But to me, in our period of time, in the timeline being accurate, Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. And the fact that Ryan Johnson couldn't accept that and then killed him off, which I thought that sequence was cool, seeing him be able to take himself to another planet, I thought that was epic. Maybe one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars ever, by the way have a bit of respect for the guy. Like, yeah. this fandom's bigger than you. I just don't like that. Yeah, fair. So, I,
0: yeah, I love it. Going. I, I so, gave you well, A and tried, and we're like, that go, well, said, well, now, I mean, Joe, Okay,
3: so, the, but, like, the I feel like it's the, it's, the, it's the equivalent of, like, is Pete Rose a Hall of Fame? Right, like I mean, like it's the one thing that we can talk. Uh, what do you think about the sequel trilogies? Here we go. But I'll everyone to, has an opinion on them, right? I'm like, gonna have to
1: Google Pete Rose in a second.
3: <laughs> oh, he's a baseball player who bet on baseball, and they kicked him out. And he was oh, he was like um, a Hall of Fame baseball player, but because oh, he okay. bet on yes, But
2: Luke didn't have to bet on baseball. That's the problem in all of this. We Luke didn't Skywalker didn't is bet him bet on baseball. he, yeah, he, yeah. he could have just I'm remained alive. Luke.
1: Let's just do a. We'll do a whole
2: episode on. <laughs> Joe 7, told me 8, we 9. were getting another ready to line, wrap it up. I hopped on here, and <laughs> so I hear Last Jedi talk. I love it.
3: I <laughs> love so here's, it. The deal. here's the deal. Because Joe asked the question, D-Doc, what was the bigger mistake of the sequel trilogies? And he gave us option one. Right. No, hold on. He gave us option one, bringing back Palpatine, or option two, killing off Kylo. Those were the only two options we got to choose of the Sheesh. whole mistakes of the sequel trilogy. How can you how can you accurately talk about the mistakes of the sequel trilogy without bringing
2: up the conversation that we were just talking about?
3: Man, to I, go clearly. back to the original to go back to the original question, I'd go I, well,
2: I'd go bringing back Palpatine though. That would be what I where I would go with that.
3: I think so too. But like, I think a lot of this stems from the fact that you had to bring back Palpatine because the fan base was so splintered and they wanted to see somebody that's connected to the Skywalker saga because they didn't have the. <laughs> the foresight to bring in a big bad that could rival. Then make
2: it Darth uh, Jar Jar then. Come on. Hey, Jar
3: Jar.
0: I'm going to tie this up in a nice little bow because we're talking about Palpatine and I will say this Jack Harvey just know that when I sat down and spoke with Ian McDermott one of the conversations I had for him was talking about you. That's it was, so cool. It was two days before the 500 and I let's said let's go. I was like, you know, Mister McDermott, you please, you know, if if you, he said, he said he was going to check out the 500. I said, you have to root for Jack Harvey. He's a British racer who who we know. And I said, you got to support your countrymen. And he Thank said, you. I will. He said, I will. I will be checking that out and cheering on Jack. And I said, well, fingers okay. crossed,
3: he does. That was cool. <laughs> Thank you. Fingers crossed that he does. Yeah. Oh, see,
0: it's all synergy. It's all brought together. Now, if I can talk to Ian McDermott. I really think I can pull off talking to Daisy Ridley. We'll make this happen. Yes, so.
1: please. Like, I mean, all these other conversations are great and they're a lot of fun. However, let's not lose sight of what our primary <laughs> goal is here. Okay, we, we are we are looking to find the date. I'll fly back to the UK if she, you know, hey. that's where she's hanging out right now.
0: All I, I'm being selfish. She's on probably it in LA. Business. If I make it happen, I just want to do a double date with Lori and i or a triple date if joey wants to go as well with riley and we hang out with you and, and done let's do Daisy. it so i have yeah. so many questions if, to ask her
3: if well. anything has taught us anything talking about it on podcast makes, makes it, it happen
1: yes let's let's bring her on
3: I if mean, you if you text me one day and be
1: like you need to be on this podcast <laughs> i'll be like oh daisy's on <laughs> Wait. On. let's go Jack,
0: now wait a minute now we've we've had actual <laughs> conversations with Femi Taylor who played Ula the dancer in Jabba's palace we've had conversations uh, yeah, with Ian McDermott we've had conversations with Vanessa Marshall um, who played Hera in Rebels so we we're in touch with the Star Wars community
3: I Please. Mean, we, we can make it yeah out. the larger Star Wars community <laughs> let's
1: go what are we waiting for then
2: all right, all right. Hey, I, do have I did
1: try to pull in this in. one we do.
0: I did bring D doc in to shut it down because I don't have all the tools here to make that happen. That's at the-, but Joe, that, that, the that deal, that, so. that
1: was funny though. Like right at the end, as you're kind of getting ready to uh, to wrap <laughs> up, a load you just threw topic. one thermal detonator in there just to be like, yeah, okay, I'm trying to go, but poof, <laughs>
3: right. Right, um, like I got sorry. one quick. I got one quick question. One just quick before question.
2: we, just before we wrap it up here, Option let me just throw two. out two yeah. questions that are some of the, the- most controversial questions <laughs> in Star Wars history. <laughs> the most controversial thing.
1: How do you feel about sequels? Go. And, okay, we gotta go. Bye bye. Uh, and here we um, go for another hour, hour and a half. Yeah, oh. I feel, feel like I should just be doing the trench run right now. I feel like I could make that shot all over. Stay on again. target. I'm in. I'm in. Stay on oh, target.
0: All right. Well, hey, I'll, I'll give, you my, I'm I'm give you my wrap up. I'm gonna give you my wrap up. Deck on it, Porkins. Quit it. Um, <laughs> tomorrow night, if you're hey, Friday time. night, if I'm you're around Central Indiana, talent. come do trivia with uh, with Brent and I on the South Side Ooh, of Indy. Reach yeah. out to us. We'll be running trivia at Dice Walk. Here's House South
3: side. Here's a free question for you. If anybody yeah. listens, they probably won't listen before. How many? What is the percentage of U.S. adults that pretend they're not home on Halloween, well, according to like I, a YouGov survey? What's the percentage of sixty-eight percent? Sixty-eight. The <laughs> number from the survey was twenty. Oh I mean, no! They're lying. they're lying. They're lying. They over, lied to the survey. Over
2: fifty percent.
1: I'm because I'm one of the I'm one of the twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Put everything down.
3: Turn it off. Just sit in the dark. Yep.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Have to think about my life. More
3: popular now. That has become like just set the bowl out and like yep. just grab one piece. Like my daughter. <laughs> Wait, is this Star Wars trivia or just trivia? Trivia so just regular, overall. Regular, oh. General general trivia. And since we're in the Halloween there's some halloween movie trivia there's some Oof. um there's some like halloween general halloween trivia do you know what okay the next free question would be then oh, yeah, what nice. is the most popular uh halloween candy
1: reese's piece
3: uh not piece reese's peanut butter cup oh yeah. that's got to be worth a half a point right there <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even the from
2: cup. here that, that really...
3: <laughs> the cup is so much better than the pieces yeah.
1: I did have One a cup of tea person. earlier. It was all happy. Yeah. I got it, got it in on time, even though I was a minute
3: late.
0: You're good. You're good. Um D Doc, thanks for coming back to shut it down. Brent, any closing any closing thoughts, Mr. Dykeman?
3: No, I'm good. Thanks for uh thanks for the chat. <laughs> thanks for answering the questions. Thanks for the uh, the education on the mortis arc, which I will continue to be confused on, even though you talked to me about it. This is probably the fourth time it's been explained to me, but I still don't get it. Um, it, like, it also reminds me of Lost, man. Like that's my problem. I guess the other problem is like it's the JJ <laughs> Abrams Lost. It's like uh, what's his name, Jack. And uh, have you ever watched it?
0: Nope.
3: It's basically there's a there's a light and a dark side to the island, and like they fight for each other perpetually, yeah. and that's basically like Mortis. But there we go. J.J. Abram was just built for Star Wars, man. He, like, he was just ready for it. He just can't land the plane. I think that's what Alfie says. He does a good job of like creating the intrigue and like keeping you around and giving you the curiosity. He just has a terrible time landing the plane.
1: I just get rid of Ryan Johnson, give him a sequel. Like let him do the whole
2: trilogy, and we're
3: landing. We're landing on water. At hey, point. man! Ryan Johnson got a trilogy.
2: I still, still won't. Watch, I still refuse to watch the watch Glass Onion Nine. movies. No. I don't care how many good reviews I see on the Glass Onion movies. I will not watch them. Did you watch I'm the sorry. first one? Did you watch Knives no. Out? They're pretty nice good. Out. I got to admit, it's a well, good Glass Onion. Glass Onion is the
3: second one. Yes. Knives Out was the first one. Glass Onion was the second one. Yes, but it's, it
2: sounds to me like it's Murder on the Orient Express with an all-star cast. That's what it sounds like to me. It's yeah, pre- and I list. wasn't too. It's
3: pretty I good. I wasn't too impressed with his like. uh the guy who solved the case like his sherlock's home type character i wasn't too impressed daniel, daniel craig. craig yeah i was talking about the way that it was written i like daniel craig okay, oh, okay cool, me wrong. <laughs> i'm talking okay i'm oh, talking about, about to hit james bond area no, here we go here, no i'm talking oh. about it. i'm talking about the knives out whoever was the lead investigator he just seemed dumb and lucked into stuff and like i wasn't too i wasn't a fan of the way that character was written
1: yeah I'm actually I'm I'm glad that I watched Knives Out and The Glass Onion uh, because it has slightly remedied a little bit of my right. disdain for
2: Ryan Johnson to the that point advice.
1: where I I now feel not quite neutral but you know a few percent under neutral about him now.
0: I I think my favorite part about Knives Out is after they solve the crime the uh, the maid comes out and puts her hand out, and a broom plies into her hand. I thought oh, that was a great way to finish
3: uh, *Knives uh, Out*. Um, and broom and- boy, way to try to bring in broom boy. Way to try to bring broom boy in. No, everyone wants to know what the hell happened to broom boy. Hey, Balin Skull. I don't even, even know boy. what we're on about now. Uh, <laughs> the broom, oh, yeah. broom boy. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, see, that's just another
3: comment. It's just another thing. <laughs> Right, but there's only two things that were wrong. There were only okay. two things that were wrong. Okay, all right. All right. I'm done. <laughs> okay, I'm done too. It.
0: Jack, thank Jack. you so much for being a guest. You, guys. This was, was so much fun. And um, I'll be back by your place because I'm going back to that Italian bakery. So you just tell me when when so, you're there to show it off. Uh, and uh, D-Doc, thank you so much for opening and closing the show. Brent, thanks for showing up and, and getting us prepped for trivia tomorrow night. This was great. Um, Chapter 235, A Rule of the Galaxy. This is a live show. The podcast will be out in a day or so. So for all you fans, Jack, thanks for being a guest. We will see you in a week. And until then, may the Force be with you.